Let us turn our Bibles to 1 John chapter 2, please. 1 John chapter 2. Once again, we'll read from verses 28 all the way to chapter 3, verse 3. 1 John chapter 2, begin reading at 28 until chapter 3, verse 3. Let us read together the word of God. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that every one that doeth righteousness is born of him. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. May God bless the reading of his word. Now we have here the Apostle John speaking, writing to the beloved Christians in his heart. He has a few times in this epistle called them little children. Tender love, like a, their spiritual father, caring for them, um, knowing their hearts, looking at them as his spiritual little children. Very loving words. We considered yesterday his deep desire was that the children of God, when Christ returns, they are truly found in Him. That they have confidence when Christ returns and not be ashamed. Confidence means on that day they know very surely and they are indeed saved and in the Lord. Shame will be those that declare that they are Christians but they are not. Declare that they are born again, but they are not. And they will bow their heads in shame, exposed, unsaved. That is the danger that the Apostle John wanted the children of yeah, the children of the churches at that time to be very sure of. Are you sure? That is what we covered yesterday. There's no use pretending that you're sure. No use pretending so that um, no one knows on that day when Christ returns there will be the day of reckoning you and i will stand before him but those that have settled this question they have confidence they have joy and they can move on and grow in the lord instead of always wondering am i saved am i not saved am i saved am i not saved do settle that once and for all if you have any questions look for preacher joshua look for myself we are very happy to spend as long as you want to to answer your questions till you're sure don't leave this camp without that. Whether you're old, young, whatever the situation may be, settle this question. Now, after he addressed that, he said something that is to draw those that are in Christ, they are confident, to draw them to think about something 
Look at chapter 3, verse 1. By God's grace, we want to meditate upon this verse for this morning's devotion. Chapter 3, verse 1. I would like us to read this together again. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. In fact, I think this is meaningful to memorize it. Shall we try memorizing this, at least when we leave this camp? We have this verse in our heart and hopefully we are clear what it means. Shall we try? 1 John 3.1 Let's try. 1 John 3.1 Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. The world knoweth us not. Because it knew him not. Tomorrow, tomorrow we revise, we do it one more time. First John 3, 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Two parts to this verse. Now he says, Christians, behold, 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 often used to really try and catch the Christian's attention, the, the, the hearer's attention. Now, he has just spoken about Christ's return, um, be sure of your salvation. And after they said, look, pay attention. In fact, <clears throat> think about this in your mind's eye. <clears throat> look upon it. Let it occupy your thought. Let it catch your attention. Let it draw, let it, let it draw all your um, focus to behold this thing. Beholding means, now you start to think about it, not just stare at it, but start to ponder upon it. Behold, look at this. I don't know how many of you went stargazing already. Um, Peter Joshua said he wanted to star look at stars. Have you? First night saw already. <laughs> Now, sometimes you say, wow, behold, then you look at the heavens, wow, the stars, and then you just stand there in amazement, just looking and admiring it, admiring, behold. That is why he said, behold. Now, he says next, what manner of love it is to gaze and to think about what manner of love. What is this what manner of love is about? What kind? What is it like? How is it when we talk about God's love? We say God loves us. God loves His children. They say, you stop. Christians, you stop. And you just think about it. Let everything else fade away. And let this be the focus of your attention. Behold. What does He want us to behold? This manner of love. What is this manner? When we say God loves me, now it's different today. We often say God loves me, right? There's a difference between that and God loves me. There's a big difference. One focus on how important I am, how lovable I am, how love-deserving I am. So God loves me. I was trying to think of a title this morning and I wanted to talk about 
do you know who you are? Then I was thinking, that won't come out right in this day and age. <laughs> because in this day and age, it's about, do you know who you are? It's like, I know who I am. I'm that important. I am important. Today, many gospel messages are about, do you know how much God wants to love you? It is, like I think Preacher Joshua said yesterday, also is how deserving of love we are and how God wants to love us and God is maybe like this old man in heaven that is so pitiful and lonely, He wants to love you. Young people, sometimes we feel like that with parents. We are very deserving of parental love. We are very special. God should, our parents should love us. And sometimes we are like that. Now, he's talk about, behold what manner of love. What is so great about and amazing about this love? Is it me or is it about God? What manner? Now, what is this manner of love? He says, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, and what is it? What is it that he has put upon us? Now, he, by using this word, he has bestowed upon us. Now, he's drawing our attention not to how deserving I am, but rather, when we use the word bestow, it is someone higher, someone more important, that is condescending and giving something to us, bestowing. It's like the king comes to the country and he bestows gifts to his citizens. Bestow from the higher to the less deserving. Now I say, what is so amazing about God's love? What is it? What do you think it is? If today I ask you, what is the most wonderful thing? <coughs> We're saying that he was the most wonderful thing to you about God's love. I think many of us would think... <coughs> God saved me from hell. God delivered me from eternal judgment. So wonderful is God's love. But look at the verse. Okay, let's try. Let's look up. The good thing about memorizing Bible verses is it makes us think of what the words are, right? Let's try. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of of God. What is this manner? Did he say, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be saved from hell. That we should be delivered from eternal judgment. <clears throat> it's far more than that. Say that we should be called. That we should be called the sons of God. He said, This is what is so amazing about this love. We often only think about heaven as <clears throat> escaping from hell. Sometimes we talk about heaven and we say, wow, streets of gold, pillars that are, that are precious stones studded, um, place that needs no sun, so glorious, so wonderful. But what makes heaven wonderful? What do you think? That I'm not in hell? What makes heaven wonderful? Wonderful, and heaven is not heaven without God. Our coming before the living God, that we will be in the presence of the living God. And more amazing still, the living God is going to say, my sons and daughters, sons means children, my children, my children, 
That is the most amazing thing the Apostle John wants us to realize. What are you defined by? The title this morning, In Your Mind, What Defines You? In your mind, my mind, our minds, what defines us? What do you want to be? Now, if I were to ask you, what, in your mind, in an instant, if I asked you, what do you want to be? What is your ambition? What do you treasure? What you see as something that would make you feel really good, what is it? Well, some may, may immediately think, the immediate thought that comes to your mind and my mind, um, an engineer, those who are studying engineering, oh, I can't wait to be an engineer. Or maybe some, an accountant, maybe some, a doctor, maybe some, um, whatever, brain surgeon, or maybe parents. You say, what, what? It's so precious that you desire for your children. And then immediately your mind thinks about uh, a famous artist, a famous musician. What comes to your mind? Maybe some, a famous cook. In Australia, we have a famous cook, right? Um, what's this? Jamie Oliver, right? Not famous. <laughs> Say again? Say again? He's British. He's British. <laughs> You see, I treasure these things very little. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me who they are. He's British, really. But how come we have him all over and then we have cups? I don't watch these programs. I don't know why. But it's very... Well, people say I'm going to Jimmy Oliver's show. I thought he's in... Also, he flies over for that. I don't know. But, right, so these things doesn't matter to me. But all this, I want to be as famous as him. I want my name to be on cups. I want my name to be on products. Or maybe a famous sportsman. We just had the Olympics recently. Now after that, while you keep seeing all these famous sportsmen photographs everywhere, news about them, even where they eat becomes so big a deal. Like that. We think, oh, I want to be very famous. What instantly comes to your mind? And then you say, that defines me. That is what I want to be. And then that will be my ultimate goal. And when I have that, I will feel satisfied. Is that what defines you? Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that um, this thing, that anything wrong with wanting to be any of this by themselves. They're not evil. But when we begin to feel that is all important, that is what will make me, me. I remember when I first started working, um, all of us who graduated, the first thing people meet each other is they ask for what? Name cards, name cards, exchange name cards. Then they get the name cards, they want to, they, they don't look, but they, hmm. <laughs> what is he? What is he doing? Or you give your name card, I want to show that, oh, now I am a professional engineer. Or later, I am a general manager. Whoa, general manager. And sometimes you meet friends, I, sometimes I don't understand. We meet friends, we are friends, we are not even working. Well, your working is different, you meet customers, you meet vendors, you give name cards because it's your calling card, they know who to call. But sometimes I don't understand when friends, we already have each other's phone, phone numbers, email addresses, we see each other. This thing must give name cards. Then after that, I came to the conclusion, oh, because 
We want each other to know, this is who I am now. This is what I am now. This is what I have become now. They say, wow, are we like that? Is that what we are thinking about? Maybe students, what school are you from? Uh, which is the famous university here? The, which is the most famous? The best, UWA, is it? <laughs> Alright, no offense. Uh, where are you from? <laughs> Say again. Curtin is the best. <laughs> you see, it's already happening here. <laughs> this is the best. This is the best. Now, yeah, sometimes we think about this thing. I'm not saying you're being proud or anything. You, you have that sense, I belong to this university. I know for students, it's Perth Modern or, or whatever. Then some like to wear the uniform also. After school, still wearing the uniform. This is not a joke. In Singapore, you belong to a certain school, you wear the badge around. Hmm? You wear the badge around, I'm from this school. That kind of thing. We feel these things define us. These things are important. This is what makes me important. But here, the Apostle Paul, Apostle John, says, turn away from all these things, look away from all these things, and behold, what manner of love. What is this amazing love that God has for you and I? What is it? Is He has made us His children. He has made us His children. What does that mean to you, my friend? Is it something that you behold and you just fall at God's feet and say, God, what amazing love you have bestowed upon me. What is this so amazing? What's so amazing? Yesterday we talked about adoption, right? Adoption. Maybe one day or... Yeah, maybe one day you decide to adopt children. Hmm? Then you go to an orphanage. How would you choose? You will... Human beings typically look around the cutest, the most obedient, um, the brightest and say, can we adopt this child? Does it work like that? I don't think so. You don't have a choice, right? You don't have a choice. I think you apply and then I, I'm never adopted. I don't know. Alright, bring it, bring it something you can imagine. Adopt a pet. <laughs> you go to the pet shop. I've seen that children. They go there and then they look at the lively one, the cute one, and then those that are not so cute. Very poor thing, right? They try to get your attention. They jump on the cage and then they bark and then they smile. The dog smile, I don't know. They always have this smiley face. And then they try to get your attention and then the child picks up the cute one and goes off, right? And then the other dogs, you see, they look quite sad. Have you read the recent case about this dog? Um, it was the church photograph of him and all that. Flip Bob, I find Flip Bob very, very useful. No time to read news. They have all this interesting news, big news, major updates. And then they showed this dog. After a few months there, it started to curl in a corner, in a corner, and, and always looked very sad, didn't want to eat anymore. Because this dog kept seeing families come in, picking up other dogs. The dogs are so happy, but it's always left behind. Not so good looking. I don't think it knows it's not good looking, but it just feels that, oh, how come no one is taking me? And slowly it sees other dogs taken away and then it becomes alone there. It becomes alone there. And then finally they... Oh, oh another story. I don't know why I keep reading pet story. And then another one about this, this dog that 
they do not know who it belonged to. They tied it up um, in a public place, left alone, and then, oh no, the family moved away and then left the dog there. And then the neighbors came and pitied the dog, gave it food. But the dog just kept sitting, out, sitting outside its uh, owner's ex-house, just waiting, very, very forlorn, very lonely, very sad. Even other people came, it was not interested, it was just very sad. And it was a very pitiful sight. Now, until we realize what it means for God to adopt us, and who we are, and yet God adopted us. So you imagine you walk into this pet shop, the least attractive, the most unwanted, um, disheveled looking, and then the owner, the person looks, I adopt this one. You see the dog will keep licking the face. Very, very thankful, very, very happy that someone adopted me. We talked about adoption yesterday. The amazing thing the Apostle John wants us to realize is we are unclean, filthy, unlovable, haters of God. And God came not only to adopt us, but you can adopt. You can adopt a child. You can adopt. The Chinese, uh, the Singaporeans understand you, you hire a house help. Most of, the, most of the people, before they hire a house help, some of you call them mates, a house help. What do they do? They go to the internet, they look at the picture, they look at their experience, they look at all those things, then they turn up at the, at the domestic help shop, and then they all sit there, and then they pick one of them. Hmm? They pick, they choose. They choose. But when we realize how unlovable we are. Now, these people, they choose, they bring them back, and they are house helpers, you know. Um, servants in the house, maids in the house. But God says, no, I did not adopt you to make you slaves. In fact, if God adopted us and made us his slave, his servant, it is already the greatest privilege possible. Understand that? This we are talking about the living God. If the president of the most powerful nation, no, not good example today, but a very, very famous, <laughs> all right, very powerful person in the world, world famous, and then say, come and work in my company. You say, wow, what did he see in me? I can work in his company. Come be my personal assistant. Personal assistant means what? Still slave, right? <laughs> Still working for him, right? Still. But he says, come, be my child. Who wants to be Bill Gates' child? Be my child. Say, wow. Now this is the living God. He did not adopt you and I to be called slaves. That's why you look at this verse. Behold what manner of love, what is this love that is so amazing that the Father puts on us that we should be called, not slaves. We are His servants by right, but yet He says, I call you, I put this name upon you, I stamp this mark on you, and you will be called sons, children 
of mine. Do you know what that means? We will never really see how amazing this is until we see who God is and we really know who we are before Him. When you know that, you will look at everything else very differently. Will you still pursue, I want to be a CEO? Hmm? What is on your name card? What you dress, where you eat, what you do, what you achieve? suddenly feels that they are really not very important. You're married, single, not married. Doesn't matter. Do you, do, do you know that you are the son of God? That must be something that overwhelms you so much that everything else pales against it. Whatever you achieve, not important. Now, I'm not asking us to be slackers and lazy people. It's like, I'm son of God. Mom, I'm son of God. You know, mom, education not important anymore, mom. <laughs> Sometimes we think like that subconsciously. I'm a son of God, so I go to work as long as I have a job that's good enough. And then we are lazy at work. We, we don't make sure that we do well. We don't do well because we want to be this or be promoted or that. I do that because I'm a son of God. We'll talk more about that, God willing, um, on the last day. I'm a son of God. But today, to focus on what defines you. I wanted, my, my lifelong dream as a child is, some of you know this, is to be a pilot. Is to be a fighter jet pilot. Alright, that's my dream. <laughs> um, and then I went through all the tests, the selection process and everything. Finally, at an age where I can go for the selection process. So I went... Um, and at the end of the process, um, I was selected, but not a fixed-wing pilot. Means um, fixed-wing means the wing doesn't rotate. I was selected for the, the rotary wing. Means pilot, uh, chopper pilot. So chopper pilot. <laughs> I want to be fighter pilot, you know. And I remember for weeks and weeks, I could not eat. I could not sleep. I turned it down. I could not eat, I could not sleep. It bothered me so much and I didn't used to wear glasses. I got so angry, I decided to read in the dark. And I may as well wear glasses. You know, I just, I think my life was over. It's silly, right? Hmm? This is what preacher Joshua said yesterday, right? When we have sin, it makes us irrational. <laughs> Before that, well, make sure I don't lie down. People say lying down and read, your eyesight will go bad. Oh, I observe all those things. After that, I'll lie down and read, lie upside down. <laughs> no, everything, read in the dark. I don't care anymore. Friends say, eat, I don't want to eat. You know, what's the point of eating if I cannot be a pilot? Hmm? That was all that mattered to me. Maybe sometimes we are like that, you know. I won't say sometimes. Perhaps is that what is going through your mind. I want to be this and this is so important to me that if I don't get it, it's as if my life is not worth living anymore. Are we like that? When we are like that, it means that we don't understand what manner of love the Father has poured upon us. When you treasure, when you understand this love, when you understand that God says, I call you my sons, then nothing else matters anymore. So it should be the opposite. The opposite. 
Well, if I became a pilot, if I was selected and I became a pilot, I know I would feel like that. Nothing else matters. You call me stupid, you call me ugly, you call me short, it doesn't matter. I'm a pilot. Sometimes you're like that, right? Sometimes you see people say, wow, you are a great this, you are a great that. For someone else who doesn't yearn for that, you say, hmm, don't understand why that is so important. But if there's something that you want, someone else says, well, I don't understand why that's so important to him or her. Right? Sometimes parents, you say, your child cry and scream, I want, I want, I want. Say, I don't know why it's so important to you. It's just a toy or it's just an outing or whatever. Why is it so important? Maybe young person, you feel, I'm not part of a group in school, school children. I'm not part of this group of girls. This group of girls, their hair are straight. Nothing wrong with curly hair, I don't know why. People want straight hair. Is it girls like straight hair? Don't know. Okay, good, good that you don't know. Just like I don't know Jimmy Oliver is not even from Australia. Right? Some straight must be straight hair, must be skinny or must be fat or must be tall. Or, be, or that is that group of girls I must break in. Or guys, or that, that's the sports people group. That is the group. And then you see school break time, they're together. Then you try to break into the group. Then you go back, then you, they, re, they reject you, they keep you out. Then you go back, you brew, you're upset. Then parents cannot understand. Our parents say, What's wrong with you? What's so important about being their friends? But you are brooding all day long. But he said, if I am part of that group, and if you become part of that group, nothing else matters anymore. This is what defines me. This is the most important thing. And the parents cannot understand. Now, this is where we ourselves are like that. We are like little children. We cannot, um, we do not fathom what it means. Just like parents say, this is not important now. This is important. God says this is what is the most wonderful thing that you can have. Is there something or being something is important to you? Some people being married, married, then having a child, or some people, I hope that I'm not married. Always these things, never satisfied. Can we reach a stage where we keep meditating upon this verse and year by year, we grow more and more in our understanding of what it means to have this great treasure, this privilege to be the sons of God. Then when you walk in this world, you know that all that matters is that. In fact, the Apostle John tries to remind us of that. You look at the second part of the verse. Now, can we try and memorize the second part? Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Try again. Now, why? Remember, we memorize so that we start to think about the verses. Therefore, it starts with therefore. Don't miss that word. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. What is the Apostle John reminding us? Now, see, now he says, think about this amazing love that God bestowed upon you. And then he says, therefore, the world knoweth us not. <laughs> Why does he use the word therefore? Always catch this words, therefore. Therefore, he, God loved us and made us his son. What a wonderful privilege. And he says, therefore, the world knows us not. Why do you think he would use this word therefore? He's saying this. Your position in God is a spiritual one. Therefore, 
the world can never appreciate it. The world can never appreciate this. Why? He says, because it knew him not. The world does not know God. They are spiritually blind. This great treasure that you have, we were reminded, what is the most, the, the most amazing thing? Christ in you. That God with us intimately. He said, now, it is a spiritual thing. And because the world is blind, because they're not saved, they can never know you. In other words, they can never understand this privilege you have. They can never understand or accept what you are, what defines you. The world can never. It, it does not. Neither does it want to. What is this reminder for us? Don't seek the world's acceptance. Don't seek the world's acceptance. Are you the kind that want to be accepted by friends, by society? That acceptance of the society is important to you? We are like that. How we dress, how we talk. We want to be like the world. But God says, do you know the world can never understand you and I? Why do you want to be like them? We fail to see this great privilege, this great wonder of wonders that we are children of God, but yet you want to be like the world? <coughs> Not see it as important or can't even see its importance and you want to be like them instead. How we dress very often is, is quite amazing. We, we look, then we look at the world's magazine, then we look at Christians. Eh, the same. Then when they change, we change. I think the current trend is, is the men, right? You wear, you wear pants and then you must fold it up. I find it very strange. We only do that. We want to go and wash toilet or something. <laughs> you fold it up. Why, why fold it up? You don't walk around with the, the pants folded up and the socks showing. It's, but it's the world. I, I want to do that. Now your pants too long, you fold it up, that's fine. But they fold until, for men, the hair all showing. It's like, oh, this is ugly, you know? can we not see that? <laughs> but, but this is the fashion. I want to be like the world. Now I'm not saying that there's, there's wrong with wearing things and all. We don't have to be like the world. Very often, when we want to be like the world, the world looks silly, we also look silly. Be, be, I think the best is, there are two extremes, right? One, wear gunny sack. One where, like the world, I think somewhere where it is normal, that's the best. What you define by normal? <laughs> normal or AB normal? I don't know. Which one you want to be? So, but when we keep one thing, then we then one thing is showing we have not behold, we have not beheld what manner of love it is to be the sons and the children of God that we belong to this family, that we don't have to want the world to make us part of them. In fact, God says they don't understand. Why do you want to be like them? Do you treasure the sonship? I think very often why we do not 
treasure it is because you look at chapter 2. He spoke about this. Chapter 2. Verse 15 to 17. Shall we read together? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in, this world, in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life, <clears throat> and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now, he already reminded the Christians, don't love the world. Don't love the world, my little children. A few times they say, little children, little children. He's referring to them as his beloved children, him. But here he begins to now point them, think about your heavenly father. I call you my little children, but now I want you to know that you are the sons of God. And he says, as sons of God, don't love the world. The world is passing. Your position in God is eternal. His children, his adopted children, eternal. I hope after we leave this camp, we no longer esteem the world as something that we must have its approval. But now, all that matters to us as children of God, I only seek the approval of my Heavenly Father. What He thinks of me as His child is the most important thing. Nothing else matters. When you and I come to that stage, when we look at the world, world you can never understand this privilege that God has bestowed on me. World, you can never know what it means to be a child of God. And I hope you know. World, you may disdain me, but it does not matter to me. I know some, some sisters say, you know, I dress like that, then I go to school, my friends say, how come you wear your parents' clothes? <laughs> why you look at old lady? Oh guys, why are you like that? World, I'm a child of God. How I am before God, it's all that matters to me. What you view of me, it doesn't matter. Now, Paul, now Apostle John says, the world know us not. In other words, he says almost the world will, will, will dislike you. Just like you go to school, you speak a certain way, you don't be part of certain things, they dislike you. They cannot understand you. Why you don't run with them? Why you don't, you don't go places, certain places with them? They cannot understand and slowly they will dislike you. They will criticize you. Because you make certain choices in life, they will laugh at you. Because of parents the same. You know that what is most important, what is spiritual, what is a treasure for your child, you make those decisions, your friends will laugh at you. Teach your children. When you go to school and they laugh at you, you are a son of God. Don't, that is the greatest treasure. Don't have to worry about what they think. In other words, my friends, whether you're working, whether you're a parent, whether you're a student, the reminder is because the world knows us not, do not succumb to peer pressure. 
Do not. There's no need to. We succumb to peer pressure means we value and we treasure being this. That they see as important. That makes you someone. That defines you. We succumb to peer pressure because that is our heart. But when the opposite is true, when you see God, that what manner, behold, what manner of love. God didn't make me his slave. He doesn't call me his slave. He doesn't call me his servant. God called me his child. All these things doesn't matter to me. Come to that stage, my friend. Look at verse, we covered this yesterday. Look at verse 29. 29. Now let's read together. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. See, as long as you are a child of God, you know God is righteous, you live a righteous life. You know. A true believer knows that. He knows that. And then look at chapter 3, verse 1. Now he talks about what the world knows. What the world knows. He says, the world is different. The world does not know you because it does not know God. Do you know God as you ought to? Do you and I know God as we ought to? When you and I know God as we ought to, we will treasure this sonship. The world will fade away. The world, how the world sees us does not bother us anymore. I believe this is a great need of Christian in our age. We are under constant pressure. Do you and I know God? Well, to treasure this. Let us sing.